Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Married to Football podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Campisi, and every week we're going to be doing a quick segment on our ballers and busts from the week. Let's get into it. We're doing our week four's ballers and busts. Welcome to the Married to Football podcast, the super fan take football today. So I will start off with my baller of the week. It's OBJ. He's back. Mic drop. That's it. That's all I have to say about it because you guys probably are picking him too. Eric? OBJ was my second selection because I figured my selection would automatically come up. And that is the one and only Dak Prescott. Although it was in a losing effort, uh, throwing for 500 yards is a pretty good feat in the NFL. I mean, it was against a depleted Brown secondary, but even still, I mean, that's that's some uh, serious points there. Yeah, and he had, what, four touchdowns? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I mean, he had a big game. It's sad that like he's breaking all these records, but he's losing. Well, it's sad that he has to throw for 500 yards when they have Nico uh, Elliott on their team. I, mean, I, I, I figured they would pound the ball with him, but what do I know? No, yeah, it hasn't been great. Dale, who's your baller? Well, I had a feeling that the two that you mentioned might show up on the list. So just like Eric said, I, I picked a handful just in case. But uh, I, did, I ended up going with Aaron Rodgers, um, 27-33 for 327 yards, four touchdowns. So a nice, efficient week and another win for the Packers. Yeah. he. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is playing so good right now. I He's making the NFC look a little scary to me. Like, ooh, he might take it. Another note on Rodgers, he, he had that performance with a very thin wide receiver group I know. against the Falcons. Um, so he was throwing all kinds of balls to running backs. And then the uh, that tight end, that uh, Tanyan, what's his name? Tanyan? Yeah, I mean, Robert could... Tanyan tore it up. He's uh, he's looking uh, really good. Uh, I, think, I think he leads tight ends uh, in the NFL with five touchdown receptions right now. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, because nobody probably even heard about him until this week. No, never heard about him until I started digging deeper into what Rodgers was doing. Yeah. I feel like he can make anybody look like a star. You could make the argument that he does more with less, quote-unquote, than any other quarterback in the league. Think about the wide receivers that he's made He's made their careers, you know, and uh, he's, he's doing the same thing now, and he just, doesn't matter who they plug in. He just keeps rolling. Yeah, it's it's he's amazing. And then hopefully, can you imagine? Can you imagine what he would do with the Cleveland Browns weapons? <laughs> oh <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Hey, never know. <laughs> um, I I I'd, I'd be all for it. Uh, package package something a draft pick, send out there and and bring him in. I it'd be it'd be worth it just to watch to see what happens. So my bust is probably, some people are going to think it's wrong, but I feel like Ezekiel Elliott is my bust this week. I mean, he actually hasn't had a game where he's rushed for 100 yards. I didn't believe it until I saw it. And I don't know. I mean, he's fumbled the ball now a couple times. I just don't think he's playing up to what they paid him. And he needs to help Dak out in that offense. Don't you agree? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what I was getting at earlier um nobody 
thought Dak Prescott would have to throw for 500 yards against the Browns, especially maybe not maybe not so far this year, but in recent history, the Browns were not very good against the run, and you know teams could just run run up and down the field on them, and they didn't have to uh, you know go into that type of shootout of a game. Could you imagine if Dak Prescott was putting up? Let's say, let's say you know for argument's sake, he pulls off that Seattle game, you know, say they win that game, then let's say they actually beat the Browns. They, they, they complete the comeback. And then so they're sitting at 3-1 and one instead of 1-3 and three with those numbers he's put up. Oh, my goodness. It, people would be talking about him uh, as an MVP. Yeah. He'd be in line to get the biggest contract. I mean, he still is in line to get a pretty big contract. But you know, he's going to get paid for sure. But he's just putting up these ridiculous numbers. They're just, you know. Their, their defense can't really hold it together to win some games. Yeah. Dale, what do you think about Ezekiel Elliott so far this season? Um, I think the fumbling's a real concern. Um, yeah. He hasn't always he, – he's, he's tended to be pretty good on that end, and for him to be careless with the ball is concerning. Um, it was real disappointing for him this past week, although after the second quarter that the Browns had, where they took advantage of the, the turnovers and the opportunities that Dallas gave them, um, the Cowboys were were uh, were behind, and they needed to throw to get back in the game, and that effectively took him mostly out of the game plan. Basically, that Dallas defense and uh, and the offense with the turnovers, himself included, are putting them in a position where he's not able to really uh, live up to his billing. Yeah. So, Eric, who's your bust? This might not be a fair one to mention, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. Cam Newton. Is my bust. Um, how, you know, you're the quarterback of the New England Patriots. Um, you should be following all these safety protocols. I know, you know, sometimes it's tough to avoid, but the, the percentage of NFL players being infected by COVID-19 is so low, and only one other member of his team also, you know, has come down with COVID-19. You're Cam Newton. You got to make sure you're not getting COVID-19. You got to get out there and play. You know, you're, you're quarterback of the New England Patriots. You missed a marquee game. You missed what, what could have been one of the – I mean, I guess every time Kansas City plays a, a top team, it's a game of the year. But, you know, they that was a, a chance for New England to really uh, make a statement and say that they're uh, still contenders in the AFC. And so you guys are watching a combination of what Brian Hoyer and uh, Stidham. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a, that's a bust to me. Yeah, I mean, you gotta, you it's like... Play. You gotta play to win the game. Yeah, it's one of those things. We don't know what the outcome would have been with Cam Newton playing. It's a shame because I think it would have been a better game. But we'll never know. So, Dale, who's your bust? Well, I, I had Cam as my honorable mention for bust of the week. Uh, but I ended up going with Julio Jones. Uh, four catches for 32 yards. Um and just really no, nowhere near good enough for a guy that's on the short list of best wide receivers in the league. Um, we, we talked uh, last week about how bad Atlanta has been, and it, I think it starts right there. He needs to produce more. He's, he's the big name, the big talent. He needs to step up. Yeah, I am worried about Atlanta now. Like We see what happened in Texas. They fired Bill O'Brien. You know, is that coach need to be fired? You know, does the Jets coach need to be fired? You know, it makes you wonder what is happening behind the scenes. It's not very good. They all should have been fired. <laughs> they all should be fired. <laughs> Fire them I all. I mean, you know, I don't know how after that comeback that Atlanta 
um, gave up to Dallas. I don't know how they didn't fire Dan Quinn right then. Fact of the matter is, he's still there, and Bill O'Brien was the first coach to go this year. You don't think Adam Gase should be the first coach fired? Uh, I, I think, think they're O'Brien. all. I think they're all tied. I mean, and you got to throw in uh, Matt Patricia in Detroit as well. Look, who really got fired? Was it Coach Bill O'Brien or was it GM Bill O'Brien? I think it was GM Bill O'Brien that got fired. GM Bill O'Brien cost Coach Bill O'Brien his job. Yeah, that's me. I mean, you can't say, "Hey, Bill, uh, we don't want you to be GM anymore. You can still be the coach." I have a feeling that it was a, it was an all or nothing kind of thing. Um, so, no, I, I I agree with you. He he put himself in this position, and yeah, I think it's more his personnel decisions than his on field ones that got him fired. Well, yeah, whatever. We wish him the best. Hopefully, he lands on his feet somewhere else. But you know, I think it was the right call for the Texans right now. You know, they're zero and four, and I do think they have a lot of talent, but, you know, something needed changed. Um, they, they had a lot of talent. The, yeah. Actually, if we, uh, to one more thing on the Bill O'Brien. Um, I, I read a story that he got in an argument that he'd exchanged with J.J. Watt. Um, can't, J.J. Watt is going to be there longer than Bill O'Brien. J.J. Watt holds, holds a, lot of, a lot of weight in that town. All that disaster relief uh, money he collected and just being the, the pillar of the franchise. He's the unquestioned leader. He holds more weight than Bill O'Brien in that locker room. And when J.J. Uh, Watt openly questioned Bill O'Brien's ability to coach, that caused him to lose the entire locker room. There's no way out after that. Um, I don't think Bill O'Brien is the worst coach in the NFL, but I think that situation kind of kind of uh, wilted away or devolved into something that there was just going to be no coming back from don't forget to add to what eric said um jj watt is he's the face of the franchise there but if you go beyond him and who's next after deandre hopkins was traded it's going to be deshaun watson and there were stories that in trading deandre hopkins he really upset deshaun and that's jeopardized the ability of of the texans to keep deshaun watson which certainly seems like a decision that they want to they want to make and should make so um, you know, the J.J. Watt situation made it even worse. But it just, yeah, it became untenable to, to keep him there as a as a GM more than a coach. And it was just time to move on. Yeah. Yeah, definitely fresh start for everyone. So honorable mentions. You know, I decided to throw this in this week because there are so many good players. They all have good weeks. And, you know, I figured I'd give some other players some love too. So... My honorable mention goes to Delvin Cook. I feel like he is playing so good. He's showing everybody that he is back. You know, he had 130 rushing yards. He had two touchdowns. And I think Minnesota needs to keep giving him the ball. He needs to carry that team, and he'll get it done. That's how I see it. Eric, who is yours? My honorable mention is Joe Mixon. Um, People kind of forgot about Joe Mixon because he didn't really do much at the beginning of the year. And I thought he would have a big year this year taking some pressure off of Joe Burrow uh, down there in Cincinnati. And uh, he erupted the big game for the Bengals in this past week. Dale, who is yours? I went with George Kittle. Um, got injured early uh, in week one. Um, missed a few weeks, but bounced back. Uh, 15 catches, 183 yards, and a touchdown. Um, making a lot of uh, fantasy owners very happy out of the tight end position. Yeah, that's a big game. 
Wish I had him as a tight end in fantasy now. My tight end is not doing anything because the Giants are terrible. Um, I, right. I will say this. That the pumpkin spice uh, hard seltzer is fucking terrible. Oh, I would uh, think that would be good. terrible. Why would you even get that? It's, uh, Novelty, I guess. It was, pumpkin it was pumpkin spice store. only belongs in like coffee. I couldn't imagine that like in a cocktail. I was going to pick up another six pack of my Great Lakes Brewing Company Oktoberfest, which I really enjoyed uh, on my first go round. Saw this and I was like, you know what? Let's uh, let's go for it. What's your favorite beer? I was a, like, what is like your ideal mm, beer? Like, do you guys like stouts? I, I do you guys I like? Go, I mean, it depends on the. It, it depends on like what you're doing. Like, if I'm mm-hmm. like. If it's like yep. really hot and like I'm sitting, I don't know, on a patio or on a beach or something, I'll go like super simple, like a Corona or a Bud Light Lime is just like fine for that. Um, if it's like, I don't do it often, but if I found it like true to form, Guinness is like perfect for like drinking, like if you're forced to drink in the morning <laughs> or at or when you're, <laughs> or, or when you're, and I only say that because I went once, I made, I agreed one time to go to, there's like this Irish bar uh, in around town here. Um, Fado, it's called Fado, and they play all of the the European soccer games on Saturday morning. The problem is that starts at like seven thirty a.m. and I made and I agreed to meet someone there for a seven thirty a.m. game, and I made the mistake of going out and having some drinks the night before, so I was feeling like somewhat hungover. Um, and I went out there and I had Guinness, and it. It was a miracle worker. I felt great after I had the Guinness. Oh, Guinness. Yeah. I mean, I like Guinness oh. too. Guinness is like a good, it's like a good smooth beer. If you don't want to get too drunk either. It's not real strong. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It feels, yep. Yeah. Um, it depends. So like I have like different like liquors that I like pairing with different beers. Um, like if I know I'm going to be hanging out with someone that likes doing uh Jaeger shots, you know, I don't really like Jaeger very much, yeah. but I have friends that like swear by Jaeger. So I have found that if I drink Newcastle for whatever reason, that like, mm. that like neutralizes the Jaeger taste for me. So if I do a shot of Jaeger, I can swill on some Newcastle real fast. And the combination of flavors actually works pretty well for me. So I, whenever I do, if I, if I you know, whenever I know Jaeger is in the, in the picture, I'm, I'm either picking up a six pack of Newcastle or I'm ordering it at the bar. Uh, Miller Lite's pretty tried and true for me. I can't go wrong with yeah. that. Yeah, it's uh, it's cheap. It's you know something I I enjoy. It's um, a good game day beer too, Miller Lite. Mm-hmm. You know, it's standard. We, we call uh, we call Miller Lite championship beer around here <laughs> because so uh, just to, to quickly do the story, we were um, so like when Ohio State was in the playoffs uh, the first time, you know what in 20 so it would have been january 2015 i guess um it was like on new year's day so new year's eve we were all drinking so new year's day everyone was hung over so we weren't really drinking anything and we started watching the game against alabama and they were down 21 to 6 and nobody had drank anything so my my one buddy goes over to the cooler opens it up grabs a bunch of miller lights and hands them out to everybody he's like all right we got to start drinking we crack them open. We started drinking. Next thing you know, they they start scoring, turning around, and win the game. So from then on, 
uh, Miller Lite has been championship beer. Oh, that's fun. I believe I was drinking Miller Lite during the championship game as well. Because So there you go. You were a part of it. Yeah. But you guys want to know what my favorite beer is, actually? Like, favorite yeah. drinking yeah. casual beer, like watching the game, is actually Heineken. I love Heineken. Yeah. I know, and a lot of people don't like it. Gross. I love oh. it. I think it's so good. And a lot of people don't like it. I love it. It's like my casual drinking beer. I like it. Then, if I'm fancy, have you guys ever had Funky Gold Citra? No. It's a sour. When you guys are in town, we're like, going to go have it. I do like I do like sours. I've got a Same. couple of friends that, that got me into it. They... They've since moved to Denver, but uh, they would have like, uh, I don't know, like, I guess they like uh, bottle shares, what they called it. But they would just have people, you know, it's like, it's like bring a beer over and, you know, uh, like 30 people would go over to their house once a month or every other month. And you just have all these different beers to try. And they had a bunch of sours and I didn't realize, but I tried them and I really liked them a lot. They're so good. We'll have to, when you guys are in town, we'll go over to vintage and they have so many good sours that's where i first had it getting back to the, the sour beers i didn't even know i liked the sour beers until like a couple of years ago i was at a golf outing and i'm uh we pull up they have these like different like little areas where they have vendors and shit and there is this uh i can't i, I fucking i got too wasted at this golf outing so i can't remember for life me it was some company out of maryland i want to say and they had uh, this little girl was like, oh, do you like sour beers? And I was like, I, I, was like, I, I like whatever beer is free. So <laughs> she let us try a sour beer. So I'm, I'm having this mediocre, like, what do you call a mediocre golf round? I'm playing pretty bad. And I, I'm sitting in my golf cart, like just like drinking the sour beer. And I look up and a family of beer just like walk right up to my golf cart and like look at me. And then they just walk right in front of my golf cart and just are like, just chilling in the fairway. And it was like the most surreal. I'll never forget this. I was like, I feel like I'm in a movie right now. It's just, just like family of beer, just chilling with me. And I'm drinking this sour beer. And then I got up on the next tee box and I hit the best drive of my life. Wow. I hit a, I hit a three, I hit a 330 yard drive right down the fucking middle of the fairway. It was like, like, I don't know what came over me. I, ever since then, I've, I've, every time I get a chance to drink sour beer, I do. So then I can relive that moment. Like, I know my buddy worked in uh, New Hampshire for, like, six months, a few years back. And I went up there and visited him, and we went to, like, I don't know, like, nine different, like, breweries around there and just tried all the shit and everything. I was like, and I'm just thinking now, we should just go around, like, basically all the places they have around Youngstown and just try a shitload of beer. Well, there's um, Birdfish Brewery that's so good. It's in Columbiana. They have really, really good beer. Um, Birdfish? Yeah, it's called Birdfish. uh, Adam got me a four-pack or something. Yeah, we got it for you when you were in town. I believe that was a sour beer also. Um, And yeah, those are really good. That was actually, the one we got you was a ipa but it's called like i think it's called like a hazy ipa or something but i like that one that we got you a lot there's one that's called too hip to sip yes and it's that's a hazy it. ipa yes that's it too so hip the to hazy sip. ipa is the type but not the name yeah okay. too hip to sip it's so good thanks everyone for listening next week we'll be doing our week five ballers and bust so don't forget to hit subscribe on apple Podcasts or spotify 
Let me know if you agree with our picks at MTFB Podcast on Twitter. Enjoy your weekend, everyone. Bye.